You're listening to episode 159 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today's topic is visiting the seven churches of Revelation. You're listening to Christian Travelers Network, the podcast and platform where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey Christians, I'm so glad that you are here. This month we've been taking a closer look at modern day Turkey, but many of us uh, don't know too much about what happens scripturally in Turkey, Uh, but we're going to be taking a closer look at Revelations. In fact, one of the things that happens in Revelations is the Lord speaks to seven particular churches about the last days. And those churches, ironically, are all located in modern-day Turkey. So we're going to take a look at what the biblical significance is of each of these places and also what you can see and do if you would choose to go visit. But before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. This month, we are launching our online platform, and if you haven't already, you need to go to our website to sign up. This platform allows you to connect with other Christian travelers, share your trips, and so much more. We're also including our itineraries, connections with local guides, and so much more. So make sure that you head to our website to become a part of that and find out a little bit more. That's christiantravelers.net. And while I have your attention, let's go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And if you want to leave a review, we'd love that too. So let's go ahead and dive in and take a closer look at Turkey. Now, when it comes to the seven churches in Revelations, we notice a pattern of what Jesus says to the churches. First, he introduced himself each and every single time. He describes a little bit about his character, oftentimes in a way that we fully don't fully understand, like being described as a candle or um or a sharp two-edged sword. But what we see in all of this is a little bit about God's love for us because he immediately follows up with, hey, here is some praise. This is something that I see that you are doing that is good. And then he counters it with a complaint or a sin that they are falling tempted to. And so then he calls them back to repent, to return to the ways of the Lord, and reminds them what the eternal reward is. And then at the end of each section, he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He's, If you remember other point, points in Scripture in the New Testament, it talks about um, how we are to have an ear to hear for the Lord, and that's supposed to transform our hearts and our actions. So he's calling us to be responsive to what the Spirit says and let him lead us in that transformation to to not be complacent in our christian walk and i know revelations is incredibly a confusing chapter but we're going to try and dissect it today in a way that makes your visit to turkey a little bit more interesting and applicable if possible so the first church that is mentioned is in revelations 2 1 to 7 the church of ephesus which we can still visit the city of ephesus in modern day turkey And after introducing himself, Christ gives them the praise. He knows their works, their toils, their patient endurance. 
they've been they've been testing false prophets and determining who is is aligned with the Lord and who's not, and they have not grown weary in their faith walk. But the sin or complaint that the Lord has against them is that they've abandoned their first love, which God should always be who we love and idolize above all other things. So that's the relationship that we should always be prioritizing. And he's pointing out, you're letting some other things creep in in importance. So he reminds them that they need to be zealous for good works and avoid false teachers because the reward for them will he will grant them the opportunity to eat from the tree of life in paradise of God, which we know at the fall in Genesis, uh, they ate of the tree of knowledge and um, the Lord kicked them out of the garden. Uh, so the a tree that they didn't eat from was the tree of life, which is everlasting life. And so if they return to their good works and, and their love for the Lord, then we can see that they will in turn be rewarded by getting to spend eternity with the king. So if you're going to go visit today, what are some of the things that you can see? Well, <laughs> according to historians, Mary, Jesus's mother, went with John, the apostle that Jesus pointed to um, at the cross saying, Mary, this is your son, John, and John, this is your mother, essentially signifying John to take care of Mary um, after his passing. So John uh, took her to Ephesus, and this is the house where she passed her final days, and you can go visit that. Additionally, the Basilica of St. John, which was built in the 16th century, supposedly where John is buried, Ephesus Harbor, very beautiful and um, reminds us a lot of some of the stories in scripture based in that area. Uh, the Baths of Scholastica, which Scholastica was a Christian, um, and in those early centuries when Rome was largely in charge, it was kind of a Roman philosophy to spend your evenings at the baths talking about politics and what's going on, the latest gossip. So she had built this um, kind of spa area. Um, and so that's there. Additionally, the Library of Celsus, which was once to believe to have over 12,000 different scrolls or writings. Um, so those are some of the ruins, some from biblical stories, some just the historical facts of the times, but you can go take a look at some of those in Ephesus. The next church that is mentioned is the Church of Smyrna, and this is in Revelations 2, 8 through 11. And here, Jesus is addressed as the first and the last to the one who has risen and come back to life. And we know that to be true from the Easter story. Additionally, the praise that he gives to the city of Smyrna is that he knows their pain and suffering. Very similar to how he knew the suffering of the Israelites when they were in Egypt. He is aware of what they're going through. At the same time, he points out their sin in that many are fearing the suffering. They're more worried about the earthly uh, pain and suffering they'll go through than the eternal reward that comes for it. So his repentant suggestion is stop fearing the suffering. Jesus promises eternal life for staying true to their faith despite the persecution, which I know in many ways is easier said than done, but 
having a heart that is truly after the Lord is so important. Now, if you're going to visit Smyrna, it's actually no longer called that. In modern day Turkey, it's called Izmir. And if you're going to go see some things, well, I would just recommend going on a tour of the city. It's very interesting to see all of the places, but one of the places for sure to visit is Polycarp's Church. While not necessarily one of the individuals listed in scripture, he is known as one of the large founders of Christian teachings in the early centuries. The third church listed is Pergamum in Revelations 2, 12 through 17. Pergamum is known as the city where Satan's throne is. And at the same and contrasting side, we see the description of Jesus as having a two-edged sword. The praise he gives to those in Pergamum was they held on to Jesus's name and didn't deny him, even when Antipas was martyred. So even though this person of significance died, um, who is walking the Christian faith, they still held to their beliefs. However, the sin that he calls them out for is they also are starting to hold to the teachings of Balaam and Nicolaitans, which would have been teachings of idolatry and immortality um, and just sinful lust. So his call for repentance is for them to turn from their pagan practices um, and in turn return to the Lord. The reward for this is that they'll get to eat at the feast that never ends, aka eternity in heaven. So that's his call for these brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're going to visit today, it's actually called the city of Bergama and it has some major known ruins. An Acropolis gives you a really good idea of what some of the historical landscapes and geography would have been for a city in that era. This city is also really important because this was where some of the first Christians were killed by the Romans. Uh, they were martyred for their faith. And this ended up continuing to, for about 300 years until Constantine becomes the first Roman leader to recognize Christianity as a faith, claiming it for themselves, for himself, and also turning Sunday into a Christian holiday of rest, a Sabbath, a day of worship instead of a worship for pagan gods. So it's a significant place, holds a lot of historical context, definitely something worth checking out. The next city that you'll visit is Thyatira. And this is known as a city where Jezebel resides. If you remember anything in scripture from the stories of Jezebel, she kind of had her own twisted agenda, definitely wasn't pursuing the Lord. And she was encouraging adultery and sexual immorality. So if that's something that is already happening, you can just begin to wonder uh, if she's residing here, if what some of the sins are that these people are struggling with. So as normal, we get an example of Christ, the son of God who has eyes like fire and feet like brass, who searches through hearts, a very intimidating and robust uh, kind of image of Jesus. And he gives this praise to Thyatira saying, "You, I see your love, your faith, your service, and the fact that your later works are greater than your first. So you're doing more abundant things in the name of Christ. However, 
you've been tolerating Jezebel and her teachings. This was the sin that they were called out for. So what the Lord calls them to repent of is um, following Jezebel's ways. And the result will be that they will get to share in the rulings of his eternal kingdom. Uh, There's a lot of power grabbing um, probably suggested in the way that Jezebel lives. So instead of power grabbing for earthly things, they'll be rewarded with uh, ruling in the kingdom of the Lord. Now, we all know in heaven, God is true king. We're really not going to be seeking what we would consider earthly power or how we would define power on earth. But we have authority because we are the treasured, beloved children of God. So maybe that gives you a little insight into Thyatira. If you're visiting now, it is known as a Chrysler or White Castle. And it was once famous for the sellers of purple. Um... It was very expensive to make purple fabric back in this time period. So um, anyone who could purchase from sellers were often very wealthy. And in terms of ruins, you can primarily see roads and columns. There isn't as much to see in this city, but it's still worth stopping. The next church that Christ writes to is the Church of Sardis, found in Revelations 3, 1 through 6. They have this reputation for being a very lively Christian faith, but the truth is they've become kind of spiritually lethargic or dead. So in this section, um, Christ is depicted as having seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Very um, bright and shining and kind of bold, very spiritual and hope-filled, but... What we see here as his praise for the people of Sardis is that they are there are a few, a few among you that is worthy of being clothed in white. That's not the most uplifting and hopeful, uh, um, I guess, message, I guess. And his complaint is that they're being spiritually lethargic or dead, despite what the others see. So other Christians from other cities might come by and go, oh my goodness, look at all that you're doing for the Lord. The truth is their heart wasn't in it. So he com- he encouraged them to repent for they do not know when Christ will come and he will come like a thief in the night, which we remember that story of that Christ shared in the New Testament about him coming like a thief in the night and how we must be prepared. We can't just wait around and hope that we will have faith at the time of his coming. We need to be actively pursuing our relationship with God. So he's calling them to continue in that and to not fall into the motions, going through the motions, attending church, attending worship, and not really having their heart in it. And if you're going to visit today, one of the things that is special about this place is there are a lot of Byzantine churches, which um, is a style of church that would have been very consistent with uh, that time period. The next church that is mentioned is the Church of Philadelphia. No, this is not a city in Pennsylvania. This is still in Turkey, and it is actually referred to as the New Jerusalem. And unlike some of the other churches, there's less of a complaint here and more of an observation of their practices. So here, Christ is described as the holy and true one who has the key of David and who opens and closes doors. So with that in mind, the praise that 
is given to them is they have kept God's word and they have not denied him. They've clung closely to their faith. And the complaint, but really more of an observation, is that the door of heaven is like right in front of them, but they don't have the capacity to get there on their own, to do anything about that because it's their human weakness. They, you know, like the rest of us, they still have sin. Um, And so it's seen as a strength though in God's eyes because they're still clinging to the Lord. And so the Lord has written his name on them. And that is because they held on to their faith, despite the fact that they can't get through the door on their own. Now, if you're visiting today, this is known as the city of Al-Sahir, Al-Sahir, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And there is only a few things to see here, an ancient wall and some Byzantine basilica, a church, um, again, from that uh, time period. But it's still a place of significance because it is considered the New Jerusalem, which, you know, we're looking for judgment day to happen um, when Christ will return and we will be reunited with him in the new Jerusalem. So it's interesting that in this city that feels like ruins, um, and while we don't understand how the Lord will transform and if it will physically be in this place or if it's just a representation of what eternity will look like, um, uh, we just have this small snippet of a picture that because believers um, did not deny the Lord, they get this reward with the Lord's name written on them. So that's, that's kind of what we get to know about this city in particular. The last and final city feels very opposite to Philadelphia, the city of Laodicea. This city is worldly wealthy, but very spiritually poor. Here Christ is described as the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the source of the creation of God, and Amen means let it be so. So we get this picture of kind of a finality, uh, a certain awe and wonder and like everlasting big picture moment. And then it comes to the praise. Christ really has none for this city. He's kind of like, guys have really not done anything that um, walks in the faith. And so his complaint is that they have turned lukewarm. There's self-satisfied, self-righteous, all about themselves. And they're indifferent to their faith. They're complacent. But despite this, he offers a, a, a chance for the repentant heart to, to respond. And so he promises that he will come knocking at the door. And if anyone hears, Christ will still dine with them. And if you're going to visit this city today, it's known as Denizili. And it has many acres of ruins, but it's a city that can give us a good representation of, again, what um, would have been historically accurate in the time of the apostles, which um, John was the one to have written Revelation. So this um, kind of gives us an understanding of him. And Revelation, um, if you're unaware, is actually a vision that John saw of the end of times. Now, I know a lot of us think of Revelations as as this time when 
it's scary and and where is the lord's heart and what's going to happen and we we have a very fearful attitude but what i i wanted to talk about these cities is because it also gives us hope it isn't like just said jesus said to them that like this is the end i see your sin woe is you the end he's like i see your sin I also see what where like you're spiritually strong and I just want to keep encouraging you to grow and let's address this sin together. I'm not leaving you alone. We're going to do this together. So as you're going to these cities, as you're visiting these places in Turkey, I want to encourage you to take some time to reflect on these passages of Revelation, to really think about where your own heart is at. I know, um, personally, I can see a lot of Loadicea in Western culture. We are very independent, self-focused, self-righteous, um, just worried about our own personal needs and not always others. And I know I'm talking broad and generally, but it's it's a temptation to fall into it. And, and with that, Christ warns we could become indifferent in our faith walk. So we don't want that to happen. But maybe there was a different church where you felt you were wrestling with those sins. This is a time as you visit these cities, or if you're unable to do it maybe, uh, in person, maybe you can look up some information or some pictures from those cities and spend some, some time in prayer, reflecting on what the Lord is speaking to you right now and how you can continue to grow in your faith walk with him uh, so that when eternity does come knocking at the door, we can respond with a joyful heart, glad and grateful to see our King. Well, thank you so much for listening today. It was a pleasure sharing some of these uh, cities from Revelations and how you can see them in modern day Turkey. If you liked today's episode, please hit a like, share it with a friend, and leave a review. Those are three great ways for others to get to know and see this content as well. Additionally, if you're looking for itineraries, connections with local churches, and other Bible studies and meetups around the world, we're putting all of those resources on our online platform. So make sure to head to our website, christiantravelers.net, to sign up now. And until next time, safe travels and God bless. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. 